Hello and welcome to the MetaPropCast, the podcast of innovation in real estate technology. I'm your host, Phil Russo. The MetaPropCast can be heard on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Play, and is a production of MetaProp NYC. Welcome to the MetaPropCast, the podcast of innovation in real estate technology. I'm your host, Phil Russo. We're speaking today with Susan Daimler, Vice President and General Manager of StreetEasy and Zillow Group NYC. Hi, Susan. How are you? Great, Phil. Here we are on Tuesday, January 24th, just two days before MetaProp's Demo Day in New York City. There's a lot going on in the industry. Let's start out with some rapid fire questions. What is StreetEasy? What is Zillow? And what's the relationship between them? StreetEasy is the number one real estate destination for consumers and agents in New York City. Zillow, the brand, is the number one real estate destination for consumers across the country, with the exception being New York City, where StreetEasy is number one. And then Zillow Group is the parent company of many, many brands. Zillow, Trulia, StreetEasy, Hotpads, Naked Apartment, Restly, Bridge Interactive, um, a real, um, you know, a large family of brands that serve both consumers and agents. Well, you are certainly in a dynamic world of real estate, a sector that's gigantic and continually changing. Prior to your current position, you founded and grew in 2012. You sold Bifolio to Zillow. What did Bifolio do? And what made you decide to sell it to Zillow rather than continuing independently? Bifolio was software that helped buyers and agents more seamlessly work together during the buying process. So it was a collaboration and communication tool, a way to share listings, a way to talk about um, open houses, listings and properties that you'd seen or you wanted to see. Uh, so it was actually quite early in its day. We've seen a lot of collaboration tools perk up after that. And why we sold early, which is a great question, um, because it was early from a startup perspective. We were only three years in. We were not anticipating selling. We were not thinking about an exit. Uh, but the Zillow, the Zillow folks called and we had a meeting with them and we were just blown away by their vision, by their culture, by their work ethic, how they thought about real estate. And we sat there and we said, how can we not be part of this team if that becomes an option? So we surprised ourselves um, with that acquisition as well. Now you have been business partners with your husband, Matt Daimler, an entrepreneur and VP of strategic initiatives at Zillow himself, since you both graduated from Johns Hopkins. How did two entrepreneurs get along under the same roof at home and at work? <laughs> yeah, we get asked that question a lot. Uh, for us, it has always worked and worked so well. I can't imagine it any other way. At the same time, I completely understand for a lot of couples that that seems 
impossible or, or even crazy, but it works for us. Um, I think as entrepreneurs, we have a very similar risk profile. And so that is a very helpful, there's never someone with more trepidation and someone kind of pulling the other person into the leap. We always look at those situations similarly. At the same time, we have very complementary skill sets and areas of expertise. And so we've really been able to capitalize on that, trust each other in the areas where the other person might be um, a little more knowledgeable, have a little more experience. So it really works out well. And it is really interesting to work with your spouse and for so long, kind of personal and work become one in the same. There are almost no lines. And I always think it would be interesting if someone just recorded us at home where we just move seamlessly between work and personal topics, just kind of back and forth. And certainly there are times where we have to say, okay, it's Saturday, it's a no work day. Inevitably somebody, you know, raises their hand, one of us and says, just, just one thought I had. <laughs> can, I, can I just say it? Um, but um, it, it's really been a nice setup for us. No complaints. <laughs> Well, we will leave that uh, video shoot for when Metaprop begins its, its own reality series. <laughs> well, Alexa probably has a, a good idea of what happens in our house. <laughs> As a successful entrepreneur, what would you recommend to others seeking to follow in your PropTech footsteps? And what would you have done differently? So our path has always been somewhat smaller ideas. And that's worked really well for us. And ideas that we're passionate about, ideas that we care about fixing, ideas we care about tackling, and that has made you know, our businesses, I think, very successful and also really easy for us to dig in and work on. And we see a lot of other entrepreneurs who just see a big idea, not one that they care about, but one they think is big, one they think is lucrative, and then they set their eyes on that versus it being something personal. And so for us, that's made a big difference. It's something we recommend to other people is to find something personal, find that niche, and you'll be successful. And something else that also for us has been, you know, I think important is we've never focused on exits. And for two entrepreneurs who have, who were two for two in terms of two companies built, two companies exited, we never were thinking about it. We never bought it to, sorry, we never started it to sell it. We never were like, oh, how is this gonna be most appealing to that person? We just were growing a business. All we wanted was successful businesses. So I'm also pretty fortunate. The question of what would we done differently? Not much. For us, it was uh, really no regrets, really like how we did it. And we were also quite different. We never took funding. So for both of our businesses, 100% ownership, 100% control. And that was something that also was, I think, very different. You don't see that often. It was important to us. And we, we framed the businesses in a way that that was possible. You oversee a broad array of functions at StreetEasy and in the Zillow Group in New York in their operations. How does technology in general support what you do? I love this question, Phil. So ironically, I am very low tech, <laughs> you know, both at the office and at home, 
But in the office, a lot of the tools that have been meant to streamline work and make communication faster, like chats and Slack and all of that, to me, just slow me down. I am a very email and meeting focused person. I need one channel, right? So if I've got six channels going, if I, if there are people who can text me and Slack me and email me and come up to me, that's too much. And so I've really narrowed it just to face-to-face -face and email. It makes me much faster to respond, um, much easier to find, much easier to get a hold of. So that's kind of from the, the personal Susan perspective. From a more global perspective, it's been really interesting to see Zillow, Zillow Group, embrace organizational technology as we've grown. So when I started at Zillow, we were you know sub 400 people. Now we're over 3,000 people, and that means more processes. That means more ways to manage time off and human resources and the review process. And so organizational software, we use something called Workday, which makes everything's so much easier, but that has been to see the company mature and to see also people embrace technology in that sense, myself included, uh, has been a really kind of interesting and, and productive transition. It's generally agreed that residential real estate is still ahead of commercial real estate in adopting technology. Why do you think that is and will it continue? I think a lot of where that comes from is massive consumer audiences are usually what drive change, right? So, and you can think of any example that falls into that, whether it's travel, whether it's real estate, whether it's transportation, right? You, you need the consumer to want the Uber ride. You need the consumer to want to go online and book their airline ticket. You need the consumer to want to see the value of their home online. That is what drives change. And that impetus is not there in the commercial real estate business. And so I think that makes it a little more almost covert in a sense in that people don't think about it in a way to, to disrupt it. So I think it will change over time. I think all these things change over time. It just might be one of the last bastions to go from a consumer interest perspective. Well, speaking of disruption, the uh, buzzwords this year seem to be virtual reality and augmented reality. How are they impacting your business? They are areas that we continually learn more about, are focused on, and we think are important to the overall experience of looking for real estate. That said, they have not impacted our business significantly. Um, but I will say we did a really great partnership with a company here in New York City called Floored, where we added 3D floor plans to a number of our listings on StreetEasy. And what was critical about using the Floored technology is that the way we worked it with them and this great technology that they built for us did not put any sort of onus on the seller or the seller's agent. It was completely turnkey. A lot of the AR technology, a lot of the VR technology requires machinery on site, requires someone to bring something to a property, to make sure that it's set up correctly, to download whatever it is where this was a, we just took 
the regular assets that a real estate agent is used to producing photos and a floor plan and converted into a 3D floor plan. So a really great turnkey enhancement. And so we will continue to look for opportunities like that that make the technology accessible and enhance that, that process. And David Eisenberg, uh, CEO of Floored, now part of CBRE, was recently with us on the MetaPropCast, so uh, a shout out to David as well. Another popular topic in technology these days is artificial intelligence, AI. Is that something you see coming down the road? And is it a good thing or something that worries you? It doesn't worry me, though there are days that I daydream what my life and work would be like if there were more rational robots out there <laughs> thinking about economics and real estate the way I would like them to. So if that world comes to pass, that will be, that will be interesting. I actually had a dinner with my 10-year-old niece and she asked me you know, how my day was. I said, it was one of those days where I wished everybody was a robot. And her response was, Aunt Susan, the robots always come back to get you in the end. <laughs> Which I thought might be, might be true. So all that aside, I think that similar to the, the VR, it has to be accessible. And so I think that AI needs to keep coming in ways that we accept it and we like it. And so driverless cars have been coming forever and they will get here eventually, no doubt, but it will be later than we anticipated and probably in a slightly different form than we anticipated versus the Jetsons with the driverless cars zipping around. And Alexa is another great example that I love. I think that Amazon's done an incredible job of something pretty powerful that is accessible and people maybe don't grasp what it means in the larger sense and they're happy to put it in their in their home and kind of getting them used to working with technology like that and warmed up is the stuff that will keep us moving forward faster but again it has to be accessible it has to have daily touch points that make sense for you and i think a lot of it feels just so out there that we can't quite see how it relates to us. So people have to find those, those niches where it does relate. On a more business side than the tech side, there is a lot of M&A talk in PropTech right now. Do you see more M&As and consolidation of startups this year? So speaking from my own experience, I'm an angel investor um, and also pretty heavy in M&A at Zillow Group done a lot of acquisitions since I've been there in the last few years, and actually seeing less M&A. And so what we're seeing, and this again is from my kind of my stance, is we're looking, so both as angel investors and also as Zillow Group, looking for companies that have proven themselves. And that's a bit of a shift. And I think you see that shift mirrored also with funding, whereas there's a lot of seed funding, but getting that A round has become much harder than it was five, seven years ago. And that's the desire for investors 
and M&A people to see that you have a model. It's no longer the idea. It's no longer the, oh, that's interesting. We should buy that and see if we can make it go. It's you have to make it go and then we will buy it. And even Zillow Group's acquisitions over the last you know, two years, and this is a shift for us, have been these very established five plus year old companies that have revenue, that have a model, that have a town that they understand, not just a town, you know, on a PowerPoint presentation that's like, this is a $15 billion industry. Um, I think we're, we're asking entrepreneurs to take these businesses farther. And, you know, going back to your earlier question, I think that's something that entrepreneurs also have to understand is you might be in this for 10 years, right? This is not a, oh, I'm going to start this thing. Someone's going to buy it. Like you might have to really make this business go and prove it out or make your pivots and show how you can grow it before people kind of come along and, and poke around and say, say we're interested. So that's been my experience in the last few years. So it sounds like prop tech entrepreneurialism is getting a lot tougher. I think entrepreneurialism is getting a lot tougher and, and a lot sexier, which is good. I think that, you know, 10 years ago, people, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. And what does that even mean? And I think people don't quite understand the concept of what it what it means, what it takes, and how you have to really grow something and maybe for an indefinite amount of time. And so I think more people have to think critically about is this the right path for me? And that's something as well, you know, also going back to one of your earlier questions, when you think about starting something, I think also the the founders you pick, the team you pick, so critical because you also might have disparity. Someone is thinking they're in for a quick hit, right? And someone else is, I'm ready to put in my seven years and you get two years in and you've got a real issue between the founders. So lots of stuff to think about, but I really do think the landscape is, is changing a bit. We're speaking today with Susan Daimler, VP and GM of Street Easy and Zillow Group in New York City. Susan, just to round things out, what can the consumer look for next from Street Easy and Zillow Group? Sure. So lots of topics that we touched on here, actually. Personalization is huge, and personalization comes in lots of different forms, but really understanding you, the type of home you're looking for, the type of searches you do, and how can we put more interesting content in front of you faster, either via email, via push notification, when you're actually on the sites to make sure you are as engaged as possible and we're delivering not only what you want but maybe also things you didn't know that you wanted but then once you see them you say thank you street easy like who knew that i would look in brooklyn or that i'd be interested in a two-bedroom with a convertible dining room even though i thought i only wanted a three-bedroom right so those are all the things that we're constantly working on and of course VR factors in, right? 3D, how can we enhance the experience? How can we help people really envision spaces and envision themselves in those spaces? And I believe that people will always, or the majority of people will always want to touch and feel real estate in person, but 
can we help you narrow down what you do actually want to touch and feel with the online and mobile experiences? So that's something that we're, we're always working on. And mobile is critical, both at everything at Zillow Group, everything at StreetEasy. Consumers are mobile. That's where they are. They're on their phones. And it's actually quite difficult for real estate because all you want to do is share loads of information, but you have a limited amount of real estate, right, on this tiny little screen. And how do you, you share it in a way that it makes it digestible and accessible and has people keep coming back for, for more? Well, Susan, you have shared a great deal of information with us today about real estate, about StreetEasy and Zillow Group. Thank you for joining us on the MetaPropCast. Thank you for having me, Phil. This is Philip Russo. Thank you for listening.